Today's video is 20 tips to relieve stress. I'm Mike Stokes and this is Wild Alive Coaching. Tip number one, hang upside down. In another video I'll show you how to create a hanging upside down cheap thing in your living room. You can check that out if you're interested. Basically, when you're feeling stress in your body, if you hang upside down, even if you can't get all the way upside down, it forces you to release. You have to be in a position that's completely requires no physical effort. So you completely release. And hanging upside down is great because it opens up the gut and we carry a lot of stress in our gut, especially when we're in a deep, stressful situation, our gut will tighten up. And then it also releases the neck and the shoulders and the arms. So all of those places and the face, so all of those places hold stress. So when you hang upside down, you release all of those simultaneously. Tip number two, feed your microbiome. If you're not familiar with the microbiome, there's been tons of research that have showed that the healthier your gut flora is, the stronger your capacity to have willpower, the stronger your capacity to deal with stresses in life. Another way to think about it is that you have more genetic information in the bacteria in and on your body than the genetic information that's contained as what you consider to be you, the cellular you of your body. So that brain, so to speak, needs to be fed. You gotta stop feeding yourself and start feeding that brain because that brain has the capacity to hold you. It's as if there's a community of beings that are like, yeah, yeah, help me fight your battles with you. Let me be on your team. Tip number three, take action. If you're stressing out about something and you're just thinking about it, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna keep attacking you. So you have to develop the capacity to take what I call committed action. That, you can see that in the other video being solution oriented. I talk a little bit about it. But committed action is something that you're actually gonna do. It's not something that you're thinking about doing. It's not like, oh, I really should, or that would be great if I did, or I really want to. It's something that you write down, that you put on a list, that you go out and do, and you check it off the list. The problem that most people have here is they try to do too much too fast. You only have to start teaching yourself that you can be counted on to give your word to yourself. So it's more important that you start with small goals that you know you can attain until you've established a track record that you can keep your word to yourself. Tip number four, create lists. Probably the best Reference to this type of stress relief is David Allen's Getting Things Done, The Stress, The Art of a Stress-Free Life. Most important thing in a system is the idea that if you're trying to manage your life from the list in your head, you're causing an unconscious level of stress that is gnawing at you. And so you gotta pull those things out of your subconscious, put them on paper outside of yourself into a structure that you're actually gonna take action on. So that leads directly into tip number five, is that you've got to create action habits around those lists. So in my green general contracting company, I have a habit that I've developed over time with a lot of trial and error, that every time I sit down in my truck to drive off to work, I have a bring list. And I check that bring list and I put everything in the truck that I'm gonna need. 
Secondly, when I'm on the job site and I notice that I don't have something that I need uh, or I need to buy something that I don't have, I write those down immediately. I don't wait for the right time. I interrupt what I'm doing, I write it down, and then it's done. Number six, drink Rishi tea. Rishi tea is considered one of the top Chinese herbs for longevity. So Rishi has a mild sedative effect while at the same time enhancing your immune function and giving you a steady stream of energy. Tip number seven is to exercise psychic vampires from your life. So what I mean by that is basically anybody who makes you feel drained at the end of an interaction. Now this is a very touchy one because whenever you're dealing with other people, you always have to take into account how you've co-created this relationship with this person. The best way to reduce the stress is to uh, you know, start by seeing if you can change your behavior. Sometimes there's just people that aren't appropriate to be in your life. And that could be a complete removal or a partial removal of the way you interact with them. Uh, you don't need to give people what they want and ask for. Tip number eight, run or kickbox or play tennis. So why do I say that? When you're experiencing, especially the gut stress, um, your body is literally preparing to fight or to run. So if you can't do anything else and you can run or take a kickboxing class or play tennis or racquetball, then that will tell your body that you fought the battle and that now it's time to rest in preparation for the next battle. Um, because that's biologically how we lived. We ran from predators or we had to fight against enemies in order to survive. And so our body's designed that way, just like animals. And the reason that I say racquetball or tennis is that there's been lots of studies that show that high stress lives respond very well to sports where you hit things because the act of hitting mimics a fight without hurting anybody. And then that fight is released and you can relax, take a break. So that's what you need, you need that stress so you need that healthy stress of the exercise or the tennis or the racquetball or whatever. Um, and then the release. Tip number nine, the problem is the solution. There's a great saying, which many of you have probably heard, it's framed as a question. What happens when you solve the three major problems that are in front of you in life? And the answer is you get three more. It's akin to the saying of the Zen koan, before enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water, and after enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water. We think that somehow we shouldn't have to chop wood and carry water. Somehow we shouldn't have to go to a job that we don't like, or somehow we shouldn't have to deal with a boss that's mean to us, or somehow uh, we should have more money, or we should have more time, or we should have more vitality and more health. And when we say to ourselves, things should be different than they are, what we're saying is we reject reality. And anytime we reject reality, we put ourselves in a position of pain and suffering. Really the only way to be enlightened is to take what is real now, 
what is your current circumstance and to accept it. Now that doesn't mean that you don't do anything about it, but what it means is that you don't actively seek to have a life that is devoid of problems uh, or devoid of challenges. You simply seek to move on to the next challenge. And how you move on to the next challenge is by intelligently grounding yourself more powerfully in reality. So for example, let's say you're dealing with an aggressive boss who you frankly can't see why he's so, uh, or, or she's so mean to you. Um, and then you might start saying in your head, oh, uh, he's crazy. He's just crazy. I don't know what to do about it. And the moment that you tell yourself he's crazy or she's crazy, then you've stopped observing their behavior and you've stopped observing what's happened. You've stopped looking at the problem and trying to find solutions. Um, you can uh, just label someone crazy and then quit the job and move on. Uh, but likely what will happen if you do that is that your, your subconscious will just present you with another crazy person uh, and then you'll have to deal with the same thing all over again. So the way to deal with it, the problem, is to move into it deeper, is to, it's already occupying your thoughts and your ideas and everything about your life if you have a problem that, that, that is that big. And when you have a problem that's that big, you have to move into it and accept that it is your reality right now. And you have to make a move that shifts it in your own mind. So how do you do that? Basically, you need to be solution-oriented. Um, you can watch the other video if you're interested. And to be solution-oriented, you have to keep trying new solutions. We. Anytime you say to yourself, I'm, there's nothing more I can do. I, I, I've done everything I can. That is never grounded in reality because the truth is, is that we are infinite creative solution cre makers. And the only time we've exhausted all possibilities is when we've given up trying to create new solutions. So how you see the problem as a solution is, is you see it as an opportunity to create new solutions, to create new approaches. Um, so if you've tried direct confrontation with your boss and that didn't work, well, then you try something new. Try pulling away. If you tried pulling away and that didn't work, then you try praising them. If you try praising them and that didn't work, then you try getting transferred to another department. If you don't get transferred to another department, then you try uh, empathic listening. Um, if empathic listening doesn't work, then maybe you hire an attorney. The, the point is not the tact that you take. The point is, is that you constantly seek a solution and you constantly read the feedback in as objective a manner as you can and you continue to learn and to grow. And what that means is, is that every time you're faced with a problem that you quote unquote don't want to have, you become a more powerful, a more grounded, a better person. It doesn't matter what the other person does in a conflict situation. They can do whatever they want. That's not your responsibility or, your, or in your power to do anything about. But what you can do is continue to open and grow and become a better and more effective and more happy and healthy person yourself. So along with reading the, along with continuing to create solutions, you also need to read your feedback. So every time you try a solution, you'll get a feedback, and that feedback will be positive or negative or neutral. And so every time you do that, you see you need to look into it and get as much information you can and adjust accordingly. If you're a very accommodating person, this may not seem natural to you at first. You may just want to accommodate everything and everybody, but you have to keep pushing yourself 
to expand. So another rule about life is you're either expanding or contracting. There's no homeostasis. The body does not have homeostasis. A tree's either growing or it's dying. That's it. That's basically it. You know, you'll go dormant during the winter maybe, but then you cycle back up. If you're not growing in the spring when you're dormant in the winter, then you're you're dying. So you have to be expanding. You have to be growing or you're dying. So the more you can have the courage to ground yourself in reality and see that this problem that faces you, this angry boss or this lack of money or your your poor health, that this is your subconscious and environmental nudge to get you to move in a new direction or to face something that you haven't faced. And for many years, I resisted that. I hated that, you know, that life is a lesson because I was tired of learning lessons. You know, I needed a break. And that's fine. I took a break. And that was actually healthy for me because I was so growth oriented. But you have to, if you go dormant for a while, you have to add new growth to it or you begin the death cycle. So that's really it. The problem is always part of your free, enlightened, and happy life. You accept the problem and deal with it in as constructive of a way as you possibly can and commit yourself to being happy in the process and then you will have a great life. That's it. You can't have a great life if you relate to your problems as they shouldn't be there. You have to eliminate any idea that you shouldn't have any particular type of problem except the problems that are in front of you and tweak your relationship to your problems so that they become these opportunities for solution and not just opportunities for solution but when you see a problem you want to see that problem as the fertile ground for the new opening and the new freedom and the new power and peace and health and vitality and wealth that is on the other side of that you never see a problem as something bad. You see it as an opportunity to grow and to move and to, and to expand into new things that are yet unimaginable to you. Tip number 10, remind yourself of the things you have. Whatever you authentically are grateful for, um, that is um, aligned with the practice of, of giving gratitude. So if you, gratitude doesn't work if you're sort of saying, things you think you're supposed to be grateful for. You know, I am honestly and authentically grateful for my wife and for my baby. The more I remind myself of the things that I'm grateful for and the people that love me, all of those things reduce the stress of the body thinking that I have to fight or run right now. Tip number 11, reduce caffeine and alcohol consumption. And whatever, not just caffeine and alcohol, whatever your drug of choice is to reduce stress, do less of it as you replace it with these other things. There's an Ayurvedic principle that anything in too high of a dose is a poison. And every person is a little bit different. So everybody needs a little bit different dose. So maybe you drink a grande latte in the morning and maybe you need to be drinking a small espresso. Or maybe you have two IPAs, two 16 ounce, 7% IPAs. And maybe you need to be having just one 6% 12 ounce IPA. Work on your dosing. Most of us are gonna keep doing those things that we do to manage our stress, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or food. Work on your quantities. Tip number 12, practice catching your mind drifting into negative thinking. Let's say you're in a confrontation with a boss or a coworker or somebody else in your life 
and it's causing you a lot of stress. And let's say you're having an imaginary argument in your head. You're not really going to have that conversation. That is what I'm defining as negative thinking. Because you're doing something that's spinning your wheels. It's causing you to focus on something that is going to produce zero results. And it's putting more attention on the negative interaction. And the way you do that is catch it when you're feeding the negative thoughts. Stop it. And replace it with a positive thought. Super simple. Um, but it requires the capacity to stop thinking about what you think is important. Tip number 13, take deep breaths. When you notice stress in your body or in your mind, stop and take at least three mellow deep breaths. And you need to do it in a particular way. You can't just go, <laughs> that's not going to work. What you have to do is, for it to be effective, is stop, sit up straight, soften your face where you hold a lot of stress, especially your mouth, soften your shoulders where we hold a lot of stress, and soften your belly. And you do that with the exhale. So inhale, soften the face. Inhale, and on the exhale, soften the shoulders. Inhale, and on the exhale, soften the belly. So with each one of those, you've just told the body to mellow out. And you can do it just that minimum amount. Don't get stuck on that you have to do it a lot. Move in that direction. Don't let little teeny bits of progress be eclipsed by some idea of perfection that you have in your mind or some idea of some ideal that you're supposed to be at and then give up. Just take little steps and you will get better. You'll get more consistent. Tip number 14, clarify where you're going in life. The more you do things that are culturally imposed on you or uh, imposed by your family or imposed by some idea that's outside of who you really are, you're going to live a stressful life. Peace really happens deeply when you are going in the right direction in your life. There's still going to be points at which you feel stress in your body and your mind. You don't want to get rid of those. That's growth. Growth happens with stress. You just want to be able to let those go and relax in between those stress times. Tip number 15 is to say no. Say no when people ask you to do things that are inconsistent with your deep core values and with where you want to go in life. That's easier said than done. You're going to upset some people. So practice being able to let other people be upset when you say no. You don't need to do or be who they want you to be or what they want you to do. If it's inconsistent with who you fundamentally are, then it's only going to harm you and them in the long run. Tip number 16, help others who truly appreciate your strengths and talents. If you're helping somebody who makes you feel depleted or depressed or somehow like there's something wrong with you, that's not gonna help alleviate stress. You wanna help either people that make you feel good about yourself or um, in situations that make you feel good about yourself. One of the reasons that you do that is because by helping others, you pull yourself out of a self-obsessed paradigm 
when you're in a stress mode, we're primarily focused on ourself and our problems. When we help another, subconsciously we pull ourselves out of that stress place and put ourselves into an abundance paradigm because we're saying, hey, look, I have enough to give you something. Tip number 17, change your environment. This is another one of those ones where you really have to do some deep inquiry. Sometimes the place that you are, the job that you have, the relationship that you're in, the uh, hobbies that you engage in are not aligned with who you are and they're causing stress subconsciously in your life. I, for example, lived in Los Angeles. I returned there uh, 25 years ago after being gone for a short while and literally when I drove into the city, my gut started to knot up. And I didn't notice it for another 10 years. And then 10 years later when I left, that stress, that, that deep level of stress had dissipated. So sometimes you need to completely remove yourself from where you are and put yourself in a different environment. And you wanna make those choices very carefully and very cautiously, because they can be very costly if you make the wrong choice or if you're doing it for a reactive reason rather than a proactive reason. Tip number 18 is listen to your gut. Sometimes your gut is screaming to you that you need to change. Sometimes it's like, this is totally unfamiliar, I'm afraid, this could really hurt you, um, but it could be good. You know, the butterflies that we feel when we're in the face of a new relationship. But sometimes that will change into a gnawing knot in your stomach. And if you have a gnawing knot about something, you probably need to begin changing your behavior. The real question becomes, how am I going to change my behavior and or my thinking to be aligned with what's truly going to move me into the proper direction in my life. So for example, I was in a relationship when I was in Los Angeles and my gut was just gnawing at me. It was so just, and that had been a pattern for me. And I thought that I just had to become more of a man and I had to transcend this fear because I was, I was weak or I wasn't strong enough, I wasn't a hero, but that was all wrong. What was happening was my gut was telling me that this person was really bad for me. That this person would really screw up my life and make it so that I couldn't go in the direction that I wanted to go in. There's always gonna be this balancing act about how much should I try to transcend this fear and how much should I listen and change the physical circumstances of my life. Now, when you're really clear on your life, it's a lot easier to make those choices and combine that with all the other strategies of increasing my capacity to deal with stress. Tip number 19, save and conserve your energy and money. If you have a million dollars in the bank in an emergency fund just to cover unexpected problems, I bet you probably aren't watching this video because you're gonna have a lot less stress because you have a safety net that's really strong. You have tons of insurance, or if you live in a country that has a strong social safety net, you're gonna have a lot less stress. So in this, in America, or in other countries with a very poor safety net, it's very important that you save money, not only money, but also energy and time. I think people run into, fall into one of two categories. They either think that they need to save only money or they need to only save their sort of energy and time. But you really need to do both. You need to guard your energy, guard your time, and you gotta guard your money. The more of that that you can hold, 
the less stress you're going to have. So it's very important if you want to reduce stress and actually release more of your creative potential to hold on to your savings, to hold on to some of your time, and to hold on to some of your energy. And then your creativity will begin to blossom even more. And your stress will be reduced at the same time. Tip number 20, last but not least, is to meditate. It's still only one part of the puzzle. All of those other pieces are incredibly important. So meditation, we all know it's good, but most of us don't know really how to do it or what it is. So let me tell you how to effectively meditate without like any much of any teaching at all. So basically, what you need to do is to catch your mind when it's wandering. Bring it back to a relaxed focal point, I recommend the breath. You can sit up straight or you can lie down, that's totally fine. It's more powerful if you sit up straight. And then do what I said earlier about taking the three deep breaths. You, you don't need to take a deep breath, you can just observe your breath and notice it like the Vipassana meditators say, as it is. Catch your mind, you bring your attention back to your breath, you release the tension in your face, Release the tension in your shoulders, release the tension in your belly, and just keep breathing. Keep noticing the breath. Then your mind's gonna wander, and then you bring it back. It doesn't matter if you start a meditation for one minute, and all you do is your mind wanders, and then you come back to it, and, and then you stop. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you made an attempt. Every effort yields a result. The only thing that will not work is not making an effort. So what meditation trains you to do is to break the, the thread of what you think is your important thoughts. So as you're streaming down, it's like, I gotta handle this and that, and stop yourself and just get back to the breath. What you've done is said, me being focused and relaxed is more important than this thought stream that I've been fixated on. And the thought stream that you've been fixated on is the old pattern. And it really will, it'll produce results in your life, but nothing new. It'll produce the same old results in your life. If you want a new result, you have to break that thread that you believe is important and hold a new line. So you break it, breathe, then break it and breathe. Break it and breathe. Break it and breathe. And it doesn't even have to be all, it doesn't have to be a metaphor like break. It can be let it go and breathe. Let it go and breathe. Let it go and breathe. Sometimes thoughts and beliefs are so strong that it's helpful to break it and then relax. Other times you can just let it go. So meditation is going to be anything that helps you release thoughts that are rolling through your head that you're not stopping. There's one form of meditation that's the exception to that, but it's very advanced, so don't try it. Thank you for listening. I hope you got value out of this. I really do appreciate your time and attention. The links to the reference material will be in the description, and please subscribe below. And if you're already subscribed, please share this with a friend who you think might find it valuable. Have a great day.